The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after show. The after show. It's the after show, everybody. And with us on the after show this week, uh, he did the whole show with us for two hours, and now it continues on, is Mr. Jonathan Carney from La Florida Dominicana. Thanks for hanging in. Yeah, glad to be here. We're talking about something I'm an expert on. So You uh, are. Yeah, the authority you, on it, maybe. You, you are. Uh, so uh, it's cigar shortages, <coughs> uh, inventory problems that happen within cigar companies, and there's a positive and a negative segment to it. And I know the Florida Winnicon has been around since 1994. They lived it before, which was a shortage of cigars that happened. And it's what built the Florida Dominicana before your days of what it is. But the Florida Dominicana was so prevalent in the uh, early 90s through 1997 because the cigar was so good. It stood out among, amongst the others, and there's a handful of them that did it. I'll put a Toro Fuente in that, in that also. Um, what happened was people were putting cigars out very quickly because the demand was so strong. We're seeing that that's happening right now, and people put it out, rushed it out because the demand was so strong. Let me get the cigar out so we can stop making money on the cigar. La Fleur Dominicana, as much as it pissed me off, was somebody that held it back, and it was very aggravating because I ordered the cigars and they're not coming in, but they said they're not ready yet. We're going to wait until they're ready. At the end of the cigar boom, uh, say 1998, La Fleur Dominicana was in a league of its own at that point because they were around for a while, yet their cigar was still in demand. And some cigars were not in demand because they were rushing the cigars out. Some of them snuck their way through anyway, but a lot of them went under. And the cream rose to the, to the top. Here we are again, I believe, in the same situation. And you know better than me because you're looking at orders that are coming in. Your back order situation was always bad. Where are you today? It's very similar to what it, what it, what it is um so we just we just finished a significant expansion um, in the last three years. We were we were up triple digits prior to COVID, um, and we would still be doing that had the factory. So we own our own farm and factory. So I, when I talked on on this in May, when I was attacked for being a know-it-all, um, when I was talking about the shortages that we were about to see, it's miraculous now that we're actually talking about it, right? Like oh, well, I had some crystal ball. Like I knew it was going to happen. Sure, we own our own farm and factory. So we had a shortage because we couldn't produce the product. 
there was a lot of companies that were, their cigars were way out there. So the last three months, the, the market was saturated with them because they were trying to move as much as possible yeah. to create revenue during a challenging time. And those people don't necessarily own their own farms, own their own factories. Companies like us, Padron, Fuente, we kind of got that stuff out of the way initially. And most of these factories are still running at partial capacity. We're at 50%. Um, so we're at 50% which is 50% of where we're at now is, you know, where we probably would have been two, three years ago. So we're, sure. we're actually in a good spot. We're, we're growing for the year, um, but the growth we would have had would have been massive. But we experienced that early on with the closure because when it stopped, we just didn't have cigars immediately. There was no cigars in May. There was very little cigars in April. And then June started to come around in July. It was really good. Now the hurricanes hit and that delayed shipments by two weeks. So September is going to be excellent. Now, we're getting into a better spot with it as we're growing back into it because now we're making cigars. These people that don't own and these brand owners that don't own their own farms, don't own their own factories, that have their cigars commissioned for them yeah. are going to start experiencing it now because they purchased ahead of time. So they're going to start to see the shortage of cigars this month, next month, yep. into the next year yeah. and because I they're trying to get caught up. And they're, low, they're lower in the food chain yeah, as far absolutely. as those factories go. So you, the factory is going to make the cigar that has their name on it first. Yes. And then the private label is going to be second, maybe yeah. third. And I don't even – I don't even honestly, the food chain for that doesn't even matter because everybody's going to be in the same boat where they're at. So even if they're all the same priority, this, this, this is, you know, the platform of this is there's a shortage. Because they're trying to catch up. So they're going to experience it now, whereas we're going to experience it less. And I and I know that's a fact because I have accounts coming out of the woodwork. I had 30 phone calls to just me last week trying to open up new accounts. People that hadn't bought cigars from us and said, oh, I have an account with you. I'm like, you have an account in 2003. Yeah. That, and that, like, That's because other people are telling them we can't ship you product. Yes. Correct. So what they do is they go down a list of hot brands, specifically, yeah. you know, a large magazine out there, released the hot brands. We're number, th uh, we're number four. And we are. We're very hot. Yeah. Um, we have been for a long time, but we're number four on that. So brand recognition is like, oh, we'll get this from LFD. You know, I had a guy I put an order in with in uh, – he got, he's like, oh, I put an order in with you last week. I haven't seen it yet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like dude, I was yeah. like, I mean, you're not going to see that for two months if I don't, you know, if I don't push it to you or something. I go, you ordered seven hundreds today. You're waiting on a hundred boxes right now. Yeah, like so, you're you're already a hundred back at least. Um, so, but they're coming out of the woodwork because they're looking for cigars, and that's from one. There's a reputation of our brand because then they go, what's the next big brand I can get? People want it. They're asking for it. So now they're coming to ask us. And hopefully here at the end of the year when we you know we can slowly increase production, uh, it works that way. But there's going to be a shortage. And I, I know there's people out there. I've, I've, uh, I've busted Glenn Loop's balls about this publicly on it. You know, he's a good friend of mine. But uh, he said, oh, this is going to be the best fourth quarter ever in cigars. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, it's going to be a – there's more cigars, I think. There's more quantity of cigars that are going to be sold this year because everybody – Whatever they're stuck at home and they, they order up and they and they hoard it. They hoard, these brands hoard the brands out right at the beginning of COVID because they needed to turn it into yeah. cash um, for cash flow. So they hoard it out and a lot of cigars sold. We just saw Scandinavian Tobacco Group uh, posted one of their best second quarter uh, Q, uh, Q2 earnings ever. Yeah, uh, they had a huge. It was way above um, expectations. Um, Q3 is not going to look like that. Um, it may, but it's not. But also at the same time. They're taking advantage and are moving more cigars at a lower cost. So I've said cigar quantity sold. I think you're going to see an increase in cigar quantity sold, but the margins and the actual revenue is going to be significantly lower, significantly lower. And from my view on this, that lower revenue is going to come from the shortage. Did you see the press release from Dunbot and Tobacco and Trust? 
that said we're not opening any new accounts. What's your feelings of that? Um, I think it's smart. Uh, I think it's a smart decision. Um, I, uh, I think it's an easy way to tell everyone uh, that want, obviously an easy way to tell everybody you're not opening accounts and it's an easy way to give you the control of who you actually open. If your stance is I'm not opening any new accounts, it's a really easy question. So S Steve, I would assume him and the people that work for him were sick and <laughs> were getting tired of telling everybody, hey, we don't have cigars, we don't have cigars, uh, we're out, we're sold out, we're this. Well, you, every single person calls and wants it. That's what got us into this position in the first place. taking care of people that got him to the dance though. Was... In the early 90s, the brand's growing. LFD's growing. We get into the mid-90s, whatever. And then the boom ends, and it kind of levels out. So at the end of the month, you have cigars sitting around. So you open it, somebody calls up, hey, I want LFD cigars. Okay, we'll sell it to you. So we went into like 2,000 stores, which is probably too much for the amount of product we make. But we're in 2,000 stores, and that's, that's just the actual accounts. Um, so I'm trying to retract even currently to make sure that we can service you, our retailers. And you said retailers. that before this all happened. You, you saw that in advance, and I remember talking to you and saying, yeah, we want le better accounts but less accounts. Yeah. Right? I, I would love to come out and make a press release that LFD is not opening any, any, more, any more accounts. We're opening no new accounts. But when you say that, if you happen to open one account, you're lying. But, but that would give you control over it. So for us... Our conversation is there's a lot of markets where if a new shop opens in New Hampshire, guess what? I'm, not, I'm saturated here. I have enough business. I, I want to service you, and I hope you understand and respect the fact uh, that, you know, that if you were, were a customer of mine, I wouldn't put you on back order, just open another well, account. Well, that, that's going to be the issue. Um, I think cigar shops yeah. are going to be looking at that type of thing. During the early days of the cigar boom, I'm, I'm in East Boston, and there's two cigar shops that are in that area. The boom happens, four new ones open up, and I'm getting far less cigars than I used to get that I bought for 10 years, mm -hmm. and these stores are loaded with product, and I'm like, hey, any more cigars? No, uh, we're doing the best we can, and some of these brands I discontinued mm -hmm. at that point because I'm like, I'm getting nothing, Let me, you know, and I'm so pissed off about it. Um, I want cigars. The guy can't supply me. I got to find another supplier. That does it. And this, the announcement that, that Saka made with Dunburton Trust allows him to have control of, of an uncontrollable situation. Yeah. I'm sure it was out of control how many people were calling and trying to get uh, Sombra Mesa Brulees, this, that. And he had to tell everybody no continuously and explain why. So now it's, we're not opening new accounts. Yeah. That's the stance. And then if someone calls up and it's like, that's an account I need to be in. You know, hey, we can work with them. And, but you know, for five years, they didn't buy his, his, his thing. You are, you know... They, you had a red headed mm -hmm. stepchild that, that they didn't want to do business with anyway. But you know what? I'm not being able to get these and these and these mm -hmm. now. The, the guy, so let me leave. But, you know, but what that does thought. is allows him to control the dialogue. Uh, so we did this um, when the Andalusian Bull hit Cigar of the Year with Cigar Aficionado. Obviously, it's crazy and it's still out of control today. And we just took orders. One thing I would have done differently in that is I would have said, you call up, hey, I'll take 200 boxes. Dave, I can only put you in for 10. So instead, you put in 200, I shipped you 10, and then you're pissed off at me. Hey, you only shipped me 10 of the 200 I had. If I put you in just for 10, I shipped you five. I'm like, yeah, oh, they shipped a half of what I ordered. And then once we got to the point where we could ship more, and I said, oh, Dave, I have down for 10, but I'm going to be able to ship you 60. You're like, oh, man, that's great. So instead, we were making people upset yeah, because yeah. the expectation was set. So for three years, we worked on setting expectations on open sales with the sales team, with, uh, with our retailers. And when we finished our production uh, expansion, one of my brokers said, hey, you should write a letter 
to the retailers, letting them know that the production's done this and that. And I said, absolutely not. I go, that's a great idea. I go, but no. I go, you spent three years trying to manage and control the expectation of the consumer and the retailer. You work really hard on it. Um, I go, if we send that letter out, the expectation is then, boom, you're going to get your cigar the next day. And I go, we're still not going to rush the hands of time. And the demand is so exponentially high. And so that's what Steve's experience. And that, for me, that announcement, when I looked at it, I was like, that's, that's smart. And that's a way for him to take control of the dialogue that's going on. And it, and it makes it easier for him to work with the retailers he's with. And it set the expectation with the retailer very publicly that you're the priority now. And they're going to be happy about it. Do you think that you caused some of his success by... <laughs> I definitely take comment credit about filleting his sweet tip cigar. I definitely take full credit for the STFU. Oh yeah, and yeah, is I the totally take credit for is that. the is the blue sweet tipped? I haven't tried it yet. I'm, I'm going to pick. You have some of these we here, correct? Yeah. Do you yeah. have the STFU pack still? Or are those gone next never, week. Never got them. Never That's got an interesting em. too. We're so close, and we see them all over the country, and we never got them. And here becomes personally the problem of really. I was there day one, and. Now does a shortage. But did you feel better when he announced that he wasn't opening new accounts? Any new yes. accounts? And you felt better because uh, you, I don't know what, what was. You, why was that a positive thing for you? Because now people are, are not getting brand X that they're carrying, and I lived it. And then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people are going to carry their stuff just to fill in a hole because they didn't get a fluid Dominicanas. So they, they're filling in the hole of, of what happens. And you know something? After it goes away and it gets cleaned up, and I don't think that's <coughs> going to take long. It's not going to be years of this. It's not a cigar boom. It's a cigar shortage. So the cigar shortage thing goes away, and then it's going to be, okay, you're there, but you already pissed me off. Mm -hmm. So am I getting behind it? Of, of somebody that wasn't there. Or maybe I lost the customer mm -hmm. because the customer didn't come in. So this is what the problem is. Are you seeing retailers now that normally you saw, yeah, give me five boxes of these five boxes. They're starting to order 10 at a time. Huge. But they only need <clears throat> five. This is now the fake Mm -hmm. thing that ends up happening here, you believe that the demand is stronger than it is. It's not a supply and demand problem. It's a shortage right now. So we automatically order more than we want. The day is going to come that all of a sudden you have the 10 boxes that I asked for, but I only needed five. Yeah. And then I'm, some stores are going to either refuse the order that comes in or say, I only need five of them. And then you have a glut. We're, we're seeing, uh, Lido and Inez have always been propo big proponents of this because we're, we're, they've cr created this. Yeah. Um, and we, we talked like, you know, when there's a back order for 700 Maduros, there's a real number. We don't know what that number is. We right. don't know what the, t the cap is. Right. But it's not real because we're it's only going to ship so many. And what it is, is it's people going around trying to find where they are. And it's even more evident now with the significant increase in mail order and grab and go um, that... Hey, I need 2700. I got a guy that wants 10 boxes. Then I was like, I got that phone call five times today. I got this guy that wants 10 boxes. He wants me to ship them to him. He's just trying to find them. Um, so again, who knows what the real number is? Maybe that works. And I think with that type of skew, I mean, it doesn't even go on the shelf here. Do you think? So you, you look at that. So if you actually promoted it to someone, it's going to sell more. So I look at this situation for us. As soon as I can get my factory back to 100%, it's going to be ridiculous. Like our quarter one next year is going to be huge. 2021 is going to be massive because we've always played the same game. Yeah, yeah. And no, you got you had a perfect person to ask yeah, because and, yeah. this, you you made it. And it, it's you know it's it's not intentional. It's mm. about quality, and we're small. 
but we've already played this game and now everybody's everybody whether they want to or not is in the same boat we're in and we're eating from a big piece of pie where they're they're they are the big pie so I'm going to eat a lot of their pie real quick um, once the, this factory can get. I get asked off, often fast. during the on the <clears throat> uh, the floor of the store, why does Dave say this is a cigar shortage and not a boom? And I think that the answer is, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, we're not dealing with a lot more smokers. Yeah, we're dealing with the same number of smokers who happen to be smoking more because they're working from home. They're not doing. They don't smoke in the car. They're not doing their commutes so that those extra two hours Plus of drive less, time, they're less, smoking. Less cigars mm. were made in the past mm. few months. Right. Past six months, I would say. Certainly shipped. Yeah. And the perfect way to test this is impossible, but the, the only way to actually see what the real consumption would be would be for every single company to fill every single one of their back orders on the same exact day and ship them to the stores and see how long that lasts. And it happened in nine, and the end of be November 1997. Yep. It happened. That's exactly what happened, and people refused it. And I remember trailer trucks coming, delivering the stuff that I ordered. I took it all. I took it all for the day this ever happens again so that they see that my number is a real number, what I want. And I was over-ordering, but I said, let me take it anyway. It's going to be perceived as that's what I really, really wanted. But I was over-ordering, and I took it, and I dealt with it, and that, that's all there was to it. But everybody did not take it. Mm -hmm. The majority of people did not. So they're ordering, and they're not even going to accept it if you send it. They're looking for five, so they're ordering 10, and you're going to send them five. So you look at companies like so us. So they got all that they asked for. Oh, yeah. For. So you look at companies like us, Padron, um, us and Padron, in terms of manuf like manufacturing, vertically integrated manufacturing. Then you look at companies like Steve Saka, uh, boutique brand, ex ex excessive demand for the product. We're going to be in great shape because we've already worked with this demand. So right now, these big companies, like it's not shocking that Scandinavia had a great quarter too because they have a ton of cigars. So they're like, oh, this is huge, this huge time. They're going to have down years next year because that's not real demand. People are just buying whatever they can buy because that's what's available because there is a shortage. And then when I come back or, you know, where we grow back to another level, that product's going to move just as fast as it was before because the demand's already there. There's demand for the product. They just can't get it. So when it comes back, it's going to be huge. And they're going to have, I think 2021 for them is going to be a challenging year uh, because you're going to have these smaller companies that are picked back up again. Um, and we're, I said we're already eating part of their pie anyway. Um, and it's, we only have to eat a little bit of it. At the end of this... As it looks like some people are saying, oh, my God, everybody's saying my 2021 is going to be great. Some people are going under when this happens. I agree. They're going to go out of business. And, and that's the opposite you know, of what talked, they're thinking. And I hear them saying it to me, yeah. and I go, oh, my God, this is how you think yeah. it is. And, and Just, people said to us, you know, it was a discussion when we were in April. We laid off a, a good portion of our sales force. We've brought some of them back. We've repositioned some, some of the other companies that I had relationships with. Um, but we're doing this without uh, without most of my sales force. Right. I went up from being 180 flights a year. I've had 30 this year. Right. I have only flown so twice in the last line, six months. So bottom line, everybody's bottom line. No trade shows. No, no trade you know. shows. No this. No yeah. multi-vendor events. Yeah. You know how much money I saved mm. by your event getting canceled? Yeah, it was freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what it cost? It was postponed. <laughs> postponed. Yeah. You know what it cost us? Yeah, no, yeah, I know. Shit. I know. Let's say how much money we, we all saved. Yeah. It's crazy. So you look at that. And then I'm doing it without a sales force. And I had said this, and I said, people throwing stones and saying I'm insensitive or this and that. My factory was closed. That means I had no cigars. I didn't have anything in the United States. The ports were closed. Yeah. 
how long did I, I don't know how long that was going to last. Right. Uh, it, you know, so we planned immediately. And I said, these companies, these people you saying, oh, we're, we're the brave ones. We're holding on to our staff with this. Come see me in 2021 when you lay off your sales force and tell me I was a freaking asshole in March. Right, right. Uh, you know, hey, I didn't want to do it. They're my friends. I keep in touch with them. But one, my sales rep in New England, they had Stephen Borier text me every day. Yeah. He's like, I don't like how it went down. He's like, but I get it. And I'm like, fine. But they're going to lay that off, and, the, and people are going to think that's like, oh, what's going on with them? They must be struggling. This and that. No, it's going to be because of this year. They didn't make the changes yeah. that they needed to make. And then guess what? Their reps are good, trained reps. I'm going to hire them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we're going to be in a really good spot. These are t- tough moves to make in, in the position you were in, tough moves to make, and nobody knows until it, it ends up over to look how genius it was. I mean, his, I packed up a 10-year business, closed three stores, and came over here. Everybody called me an idiot. You, you're out of your mind. And they look right now and say, that was a smart move you did. Some of the times- You were shitting your pants yeah, when you did it. But sometimes, it, it, it you know- is it the right move? You have no idea what it is. You, you're thinking out of your gut. Believe me, you're putting lots of thought in it, and it ends up, okay, it was a genius move and stuff. And on your side, it worked out great because people that came here got great service from the same people. Now yeah. they're coming back. I mean, there's it's a lot, your parking lot's more full than it ever is, yeah. in my opinion. We drive in. I'm like, what's going on? We came in uh, Friday in the afternoon. It was like 1, or one 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. It was packed. Yeah. And that's because of the decision you make. Um, but in the manufacturing side, to sit and say – that we're going through this shortage, and most of what the sales reps do, there's in-person business and sales, but they're around being seen. Stores have travel, uh, have occupancy restrictions. There's no events happening that aren't virtual. Yeah. Um, the events that do happen are like golf outings outdoors, which is great stuff. By the way, 2021 is going to be the year of the golf outing. Watch yeah. that. If, if anybody watched what just happened. Yeah, it's going to be the year of the that. golf outing. Um, you know, I'm wondering if there's any small companies out there that, for the not for this time, but for the next time you're on, just send me an email at the contact us page of thecigarauthority.com <laughs> if you'd like Jonathan Carney to A, fillet your cigar, and B, also talk shit about it so that you can have record years <laughs> right. for, for sales, because uh, we can we can have that set up. You'll be on again. No such yeah, thing yeah. as bad advertising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, was a fun, that was a fun situation with Steve, and I, I had always known him. We never had a real relationship. And that really actually created a good relationship. Right. And uh, he gave me one of his uh, his unicorns, the socket unicorns. I still have it. I thought that was a really nice gesture. I thought it was great that yeah. you brulee a meatball and gave yeah, that to yeah, him yeah. just to put the icing on the cake. So he said to me, he's like, literally, he goes, what? He goes, what came from this is like people are asking me like if 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 you were like interviewing for a job with me or something. <laughs> he's like, I can't afford both you and Dave Lafferty. He's like, yeah, that'd be yeah. too much. He's like, I'm a little company, but he's going to be in a great spot with this. I think it's a good decision. He's controlling yeah. the dialogue. I think a company. Uh, like Romacraft could be in a good spot uh, with this stuff. Uh, you know, I think this kind of helps him reset yeah. a little bit and you kind of revisit where you're at. Like I'm looking at accounts. I'm like, where, where, what are we doing here? Because we're in control of this, the environment right now um, and we're in a good spot. So it's, you know, at 2021, you're going to see some of the results of this. We're going to start to see it soon too. Yeah. The manufacturers have to make the right moves at this crossroad. This is either long-term decisions or short-term decisions. If you play the long game, which is what La Florida Americana has been doing always. forever, it's always been the long game. It's the right answer, and that's why you've been around since 1994 and bigger and better days ahead. I guarantee you, La Florida Americana in 2021 is going to be a blockbuster, as it is anyway. Regular Jonathan Carney, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, that's it. Uh, next week... Um, what are we doing? We're doing uh, the cure for stinky cigars. We're going to dig into ventilations, filters, ashtrays, sprays, tricks of the trade, how to keep your car, house, and you from stinking. 
Okay, that's it. And catch you next time. And always remember, when you're looking to have your cigar filleted and trash talks, send it to the Cigar Authority, and Mr. Jonathan Carney will take care of business. Stick the lid into your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.